Welcome to Pod Oxford, the Oxford Admissions Podcasts. My name is Mike Nicholson. I'm the Director of Undergraduate Admissions at Oxford University, and I'm almost as new to the university as you are. I started my job here last October, which means I've not been through an entire admissions cycle myself. Partly for my own benefit, therefore, I thought it was a good idea if I get together with some people from across the university who are involved with admissions work at Oxford in one way or another. And over the next few weeks and months, I'm going to be giving you the opportunity to find out as I learn about the Oxford admissions process. Today, I've got Emma Coulston with me, who runs our access team, and Sinead Gallagher, who works with her. Um, Sinead, first of all, you are a graduate of the university, that's right, yeah? Yes, uh, in June I graduated from Pembroke College where I studied law for three years, so I'm new to this job as well. And was Oxford something that you had considered from birth or is this a a, a fairly recent? No, not at all. Um, Studying at Oxford was something that a teacher suggested to me. It was sort of floated as an idea to several of us in in my year group. And we were all aware of the academic reputation that Oxford has, but didn't really know much else about the system. So speaking to teachers, looking at the prospectus, having done a little bit of research, I decided that I I liked the way the law course was set up. I liked the the form of teaching that I think we'll maybe talk about in a second. Um, And so I decided to apply. But this was fairly late on in September, just before the, the applications deadline in October. So I basically used the university prospectus to make all of my decisions, um, although now I'm aware from doing my job that there is a lot more information available to people who are maybe thinking now about whether to apply. Okay. And Emma, you're like me, you're new to Oxford. Uh, What's your background? Well, when I was in the sixth form thinking about universities, I didn't even really know about Oxford. I was looking at universities specifically for a certain type of course because I wanted to do chemistry with teacher training. So I chose to study at another university. And I've been here about 18 months. And the team I work with are now particularly working with young people who perhaps don't come from a community or school with a history of studying at Oxford. The situation that, that we're in today, we're basically trying to find out a little bit more and give people advice about how they might do their research for Oxford. Sinead, your background is you're not from a school where there's a lot of students coming? Yeah, that's right. Um, I come from Northern Ireland and so the school system's slightly different there, but uh, I came from a grammar school that sent on average maybe two or three people um, a year to interview at Oxford or Cambridge but I mean that was by no means a hard and fast rule there were some years nobody applied and there were some years that there were more than that but it definitely wasn't your typical Oxbridge background. Okay and actually I mean Emma you're finding there isn't such a thing as a typical Oxbridge background maybe for for the people that you're working with. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, It certainly isn't about um, family history or your school's history. It really is about you, the individual, and your passion for studying our course, and that really doesn't have any effect on the background at all. And I think you raised quite an interesting point there, the issue about it being the choice of course and and how important that is and central that is to the decision. Um, Just talking generically about somebody who wants to do a science course, What sort of things do you think a student should maybe take into account for studying sciences? I think particularly if you're looking at science, there's two things to bear in mind. One is um, simply that a 
a lot of science courses are regulated by national bodies, so the core content is probably the same across most universities. But what you need to look at is perhaps the way in which that course is taught and perhaps the extra opportunities you have, so the kind of laboratory experiences you may have and perhaps the um, fieldwork experiences you have. Also, the opportunities to perhaps mix it with other subjects. So here at Oxford, we teach our science courses in a way that means you can really specialise purely on chemistry, but you may find at other universities they give you the opportunity to mix that with something else. And Sinead, did you study law before you came to Oxford? No, I didn't study law uh, in school. I had an interest in the subject, definitely. It's a pretty big decision to decide to study a subject for the, for the next three years. And so I would advise anybody who is, is considering which subject to apply for to really think about it carefully. In preparation for my application, I was aware of legal issues in in the current affairs in the newspapers. Um, I had I had read one or two sort of introductory law um, textbooks to get an idea about what I would actually be reading on a day to day basis. So what a case looked like, or or what a legal opinion looked like. So although I didn't study anything in school. The interest that I naturally had in the subject, and I think probably the reason I was picked to to study at Pembroke, is because I had I had a natural passion for the subject, which made me naturally go and you know look look for information elsewhere. I think it's also the case that a lot of our departments in very unfamiliar areas, areas that students might not have had the chance to study, will give opportunities to attend for taster days, or you can visit their website and there's a lot of information on there. We also, I think, are very conscious that the experience of coming to Oxford for a lot of people will be quite new and novel. If I was just planning to come down not as part of a, an organised party, is there things I can do in advance? Are there opportunities when I come for a visit that, that would allow me to, you know, just on any day, come in and find out information? Yes, we're really, really fortunate that we've got our own information centre for students who are considering undergraduate courses at Oxford. They're open every day, Monday to Friday, from nine until five, and you can literally walk in and have a chat with our specialist advisors there. Um, they've not just got a formal setting, there's lots of comfy sofas, so you can sit and chill out and look at prospectuses, but also take advice from people. Um, some of the team have worked here at Oxford for over 20 years, so they've got a lot of experience. And you've both gathered done shifts in the admissions uh, information centre. Um, yep. What sort of people come in? Well, my my experience of working in the the admissions information centre was around the uh, applications deadline. So I had lots and lots of inquiries about forms. Um, you know, what what colour of pen do I need to fill my form in? Do I need to submit this information? Where can I send my written work? And although the queries are repetitive, everybody who's working there is aware that it's something that is very, very important to the person on the other end of the phone. And so because it's so important and because we, we want the process to be as simple as possible and as easy as possible for our applicants, we don't mind fielding the same question all day long, um, every day, because within a couple of months then the queries will change and it will be people wanting to know generally about Oxford life or about how to pick a college. And it breaks up our day. It makes it quite interesting for us. <laughs> Emma, you were on a shift during the, the uh, Easter holidays. Um, what sort of people are coming in at this time of year? What sort of questions were you getting? During the Easter holidays, it 
was mainly students in their first year of their A-level study and most of them were coming with their family so we were talking not just to the students but to their, their parents and extended family. Um, a lot of their questions were quite um, simple at this stage, literally wanting to understand our process. Why does Oxford have all these colleges? How am I taught? Um, where can I go to see the university? Because it's not obvious physically in Oxford where the university is. And then talking with um, their parents mainly about finance issues, we were able to talk about our bursary packages. I think a lot of people are quite confused by the whole issue of colleges. Um, Sinead, how did you pick a college? <laughs> I must confess that I chose my college really quite randomly. Um, the thing to remember about choosing a college is that there isn't that much difference between them. Um, aesthetically, they are different. Some are bigger, some are smaller, some are very central um, in the middle of town and so are very old historic buildings. Some are a lot newer and so will maybe have different facilities. But the thing to remember with your course content is that um, the teaching is is based in the college, but it is set by the university. So one college isn't better for maths and another college better for law. It doesn't work like that. I decided I wanted a central college in the middle of town and I wanted one of the older, um, historic, you know, beautiful um, architecturally buildings. Um, and I whittled down my list to about 10 and I couldn't decide between them. And this was September and I was in Belfast, so there was no chance of me flying over and looking at the colleges. Um, so. I picked at random um, and I was very happy in my chosen college and actually now in fact um, I've never ever met a student in Oxford who isn't happy in the college that they're in. Not everybody ends up in the college that they've chosen and some people submit an open application where they they leave it and they don't choose a college and we randomly allocate them to one but once everybody arrives within by the end of Freshers Week they are convinced that they are in the best college and those, those affiliations that... The loyalty is... Loyalty to, to college, yeah. <laughs> the loyalty to college then just remains for the rest of their lives in, in a lot of cases. And I think it's also something that we find with people who submit an open application that the chances of you being successful if you make an open application are pretty much the same as if you, you spend yeah. hours and days trying to choose a college. Yeah, there's absolutely no difference. The situation in teaching, again, this is something I think a lot of people are, are quite confused by or maybe not certain about they maybe have a concept that you know universities do group teaching there's kind of large groups like lectures and there's smaller group teaching maybe seminars particularly for humanities and social science subjects but there's this this interesting twist at Oxford it's this kind of one-to-one -one or one-to-two tutorial system you've been through it Sinead what sort of how, how does it work well the tutorial system is one of the most special things about Oxford. It's what gives the university the academic reputation. It what it's 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 alone what makes the the Oxford degree and the Oxford graduate um, highly sought after after they leave the university. The way it actually works uh, in practice, you know, from from my experience as a law student. At the beginning of the week, I was given a reading list and this reading list would have a list of cases to read, um, a list of uh, maybe a couple of chapters from various different textbooks and some journal articles um, telling me about different practitioners' uh, opinions. So this reading list would, would have some guidance from my tutor. Um, maybe it would star the really important things that I have to read and underline the things that I can read if I, if I get the time. So from this, I'm on my own in a library or, or with a mate from college who does my subject and we have to plough through the reading. This is the independent learning that, that you'll hear about um, that the tutors focus on. So it's up to you. This means then at the end of the week, 
you go to your tutorial. This is in your tutor's office, um, maybe with one or two other people. So you'll have maximum uh, a group of four. Sometimes in some subjects, you might even have a one-to-one -one tutorial where it's just you and your tutor. So this tutorial, it's not teaching in the sense that your tutor is imparting knowledge upon you because you're expected to go there with this baseline of knowledge. You're expected mm -hmm. to know the basics. And instead, that means that you and your tutor, who is an expert in their field, can then discuss your ideas. You can discuss what you've learned. You can decide what you think about it, whether you think um, that it's right for, you know, for law, whether you think the law is doing its job effectively, whether it should be changed. And this means then whenever you're coming to your final exams, the the answers that you're giving are your your answers that have, have come from your study, your own opinions. Your tutor will help to draw you out, draw your own opinions out. It's brilliant. Um, I, I loved it whenever I was with a tutorial partner that, that disagreed with me. If we were on opposite ends of the spectrum, we'd have a blazing argument for an hour. It was, it was brilliant. Um, and so so this this independent learning culminates in, in this, this independent thought, basically, which is what the degree, what the Oxford degree system tries to tries to bring out in, in every one of its undergraduates. But it sounds a bit scary. I mean, there's this whole thing of <laughs> sitting definitely. there in a kind of world expert quizzing you about <laughs> the reading that you should or shouldn't have done. I mean, I, I guess by the end, you would kind of, you, you knew how to cope with it. But can you cast your mind back to how it felt those first couple of weeks? Yeah, it, it was scary. But at the same time, the tutors know that it's scary, whether they've been to Oxford themselves or, or whether they they've ju they just teach here. Um, they, they are aware that it's scary. And I mean, it's a two-way process. You're there with your, tu your tutor, so they want you to get the most out of it. So um, in my very first tutorial, we didn't really talk about what the reading list contained. Instead, we talked about how to read a case, how to read a case effectively, how to take notes on a journal article to help us be able to get through the reading so that then whenever we got to the tutorial, we could have the discussion that we were meant to have. Sometimes sometimes it can be intimidating. You feel put on the spot, but that's where uh, a tutorial partner um, comes in handy. You help each other out um, and, and you can have discussions. I mean, discussions with your... Uh, your fellow classmates outside of tutorials can sometimes help you um, think about what you're going to say within your tutorial. I guess as well the tutor begins to appreciate how you learn, what your style of education yeah, is and definitely. how best it's used. So it becomes very much a tailored experience as well. It's not one size fits all very education so. here at Oxford. I mean, I had a tutor who used to do all of our tutorials on one day, um, on a Friday. So the Friday would start in the morning with um, a, a discussion, a seminar for all of us. So for all 10 people in my law class in my college, and we would go over the basics just to make sure that we all had the the, the ideas right in our head. Yeah. And then for five hours for the rest of the day, that tutor would have, um, have two on one tutorials. Now, five hours of teaching is quite a lot, and so he doesn't want to have the same experience each time. Mm. And so each one would lead off in different directions, depending on what you're interested in, depending on what your opinions are. Each one would, would go miles um, miles in, in a different direction because the topics were, were quite wide, um, encompassed quite a lot of material. But I guess what it says about applying to Oxford, if you're thinking about it as a student, you've got to be aware about your level of motivation you've got to really want to study this subject and you've got to be very enthusiastic and you've got to be prepared 
to do a yes, lot of work. Yes, definitely. I think I would also say that, I mean, the tutorial system is is a very specific method of teaching, but it's only one method of teaching. So if you're somebody that knows you get on better five rows back in a lecture theatre, taking down the notes and working on your own and coming back that way, you know, you will have lectures um, in in Oxford and, and you will have classes, larger classes, but the tutorial is, is the main learning experience. And if that's not for you, then it's okay to, to decide not to apply to us mm. um, because, because you don't want us, not because you don't think you're smart enough or or any other reason just because we don't suit you. Yeah. Emma, um, can you talk a little bit about kind of laboratory courses and how laboratory courses work and Mm. the sort of contact time? Um, Certainly in the first instance, students may be, you'd find yourself studying for probably um, two afternoons a week um, in the laboratory. Um, And again, as Sinead said, it's not going to be instantaneous, drop you in and you've got to create the next anti-cancer molecules. They're going to start teaching you some of the skills. Some of them students you'll have seen before at school and some of them um, will be new and then over time the amount of amount of hours you're doing in the laboratory really increases and the way the work is given is generally at the beginning of each term you would have a lab book that you would need to work through and and you're in control of how you do that so obviously some people will get in there and be really keen and spend the first three weeks doing as many hours as they can others might wait near the end of term and having to wait a bit later others might pace it and but again you're very much in control of the the way you spend your time and then within the laboratory you're not on your own you're definitely going to have students who've studied a degree already in that area in with you so graduate postgraduate students to help support you Um, we call them demonstrators there to help you set up experiments so you're not having to just work it out on your own and you may depending on how the experiments work be working with a partner but again the emphasis is very much on you the individual creating your own um, practical skills in the laboratory Um, (coughs) the longer term sort of thought about applying Oxford is it's going to really improve your your standing and your opportunities in life because of the kind of status if you like of an Oxford degree did that factor at all into your decision to come here um it's something that you think about at the end of the day though I was 18 and I wanted to go to university to have a good time so I wanted to choose a university that I would enjoy myself in in a a town that had a good social life Um, I was going to spend my next three years there so I thought about the location quite carefully and I was there to do a course, I was there to continue my learning and my education so I thought long and hard about the course um, and whether the course content and and the method of teaching the course is something that I wanted. Um, So once those two boxes are ticked then you can begin to think about you know after Oxford and, and it is a prestigious degree but at the end of the day there are lots of universities that offer prestigious degrees and I don't think that that should be the only reason you apply here. Um, you, you really do need to find a course that, that you have a passion for, that you're willing to put all of this effort in, in for, because the, the system does require it. It requires a lot of work and it requires a lot of effort and it will be so much easier to handle and to cope with if you naturally enjoy your subject. Okay, um, but I guess part of it is coming here to study but there's got to be some kind of social <laughs> release, social life. When you were, both of you, when you were thinking about universities, maybe I'll ask you first, Emma, were there particular facilities you were looking for when you were choosing a university? Were there particular hobbies, interests that you had that you had to think about? Yes, bizarrely, when I was in the sixth form, I was thinking about considering a career in the armed forces. So that did direct my um, research because I wanted to find a university that might give me the option to be involved in that 
when I was actually studying at university. So yes, I did, in the first instance, shortlist universities that had what was called a university air squadron. How about you, Sinead, sort of social activities? Um, I Part of my job uh, involves talking to um, students who are still in school, and a lot of them are very surprised to hear that Oxford students have a social life, that we are allowed <laughs> to go true. out and that we are allowed to have fun. Um, I think the nature, the nature of the course, the, there are three eight-week terms, um, and so each one is a short, sharp, intense burst of effort. Um, each week you will have a new, a new set of reading to do, a new set of work to do. And the upshot of that is that to, to get by on the stress, then we all party quite hard as well. There are a huge number of social activities that are on offer um, from any kind of music, sports, drama club, um, some bizarre, quite random ones. Um, you know, th- there's an Irish society which essentially gets together to watch Irish sports and drink Guinness. Um, there are various religious societies, there are two student papers, um, various uh, elements of student politics that you can get involved in. Um, anything from, you know, the, the university rugby club or, or rowing, you know, if you if you want to try and make it into the boat race, to the neighbour's society where, you know, you sit in the JCR in the common room with um, your fellow students and watch neighbours every lunchtime. Um, it's also important to mention something quite specific to Oxford um, is the collegiate system and the collegiate system gives rise to social activities on two levels, on the collegiate level and on the university level. So within my college, I took part in drama productions, um, specific college plays. I also took part in sports, despite being the most unsporty person in the world. I was able to play women's rugby from scratch because, you know, we were a team of beginners. We were all new to the game and it didn't really matter that no one was that good because we were all willing to learn. It was a bit of exercise at the weekend. Um, Then on a university level, um, I was able to get involved in student papers. I was able to write for student papers. Um, I was able to, to do various different things I was able to go to university-led plays. If if I'd wanted to concentrate on drama, I could have auditioned for university plays, um, which are then of a higher standard. So it just means that, that there are two levels. You can do anything as a beginner um, and get involved in something you've never been involved in before. But then at the same time, if you want to take a particular talent that you have or you want to develop a skill that you have, there, there are plenty of options to do that as well. Okay. Can I ask again both of you, if you had your time over again, is there anything you would do differently in your application to, to university or college? Um, yes, I would have started to think about things a little bit earlier. I assumed that there was um, a base level of of knowledge or, or of, of a, a base requirement to apply to Oxford. So instead of thinking in May, um, you know, maybe I should think about a college and maybe I should attend an open day. I was thinking I'll have to wait until I get my AS results to see whether they're good enough. Um, you know, and so they came out in August. So then after, you know, it was September then before I was talking to my teachers again and saying, well, should I apply? Should I not? So I think it doesn't really depend on, on those results too much. So do plan ahead. Um, if you are thinking about it in any way, you know, take a road trip with some friends during the summer and come down for the day um, take a look around. Even, you know, even if you don't want to make it formal and go into colleges or anything, having a look around a city can 
Can it, it can make your, your entry into the city in December if you come up for interview just a little bit easier. Um, it's a little bit familiar. Um, you've been there before. So and Oxford's not a big city. I mean, well, exactly. You, you, you spent you know, an afternoon here, you've got a rough feel for how the place is laid out. Yeah, so I think I would have spent more time in preparation. That said, however, leaving my decision to the last minute I don't think prejudiced me in any way. I still had the information available in the prospectus that I needed. But, I mean, if you're listening to this early on, then you're obviously thinking about it, so don't delay. do some research. Don't How about you, Emma? Um, I think I'm kind of the opposite. I was one of those horrible people that had a strong idea when I was probably in year 10 or 11 about what subject I wanted to study, so I knew quite early on. So I, I think I probably was too worried about it too early and could have been more relaxed like Sinead and perhaps gone with the flow a bit more so I would say that it's definitely a balance I would say don't don't get so wound up that you want 30 prospectuses lined up in your bedroom and you want to write shortlists um it is at the end of the day relying a bit on gut instinct and actually after all the research I did I chose my own university purely because after a half day visit I stood on the campus and thought yep I could live here for four years and there was nothing more to it than that yeah one thing I would say about that I I had a a similar um a similar thought to to Emma in that I decided sort of early on in my in my first day level year my lower sixth year that I wanted to do law without really researching researching that properly I decided I liked the law course um, in Oxford and that's why I chose it but I didn't consider any other subjects I think if you've got um, you know if you've got a spare are so look through the prospectus glance through especially if you're interested in a science subject you know you you quite like to do biology well we've got several courses that encompass various different parts of biology Um, and so so do keep an open mind I I decided that I law was the only course that I researched because I had already decided that that's what I wanted to do so so I would say that maybe consider other options as well simply because there are such a wide range of courses available um, in subjects that you'll never have had the opportunity to study in school. Thanks very much uh, Emma and Sinead. Um, If you found this to be remotely useful um, then this is the first of what will hopefully be a series of about eight or nine podcasts over the coming months. The programme will take a particular topic each time and uh, we do have a website, uh, www.admissions.ox.ac.uk slash podcasts, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S, which you can go to to find out what the schedule of of programmes is going to be. Uh, There's also an RSS feed which you can sign up to uh, so you don't miss any of our uh, podcasts and you'll also be able to subscribe to it via iTunes and a range of other podcatchers. More information available about that on the website. Um, We're also quite keen to make this an interactive experience so if there is anything that you want us specifically to address in the coming months then don't hesitate to get in touch. Um, The email will be um, podoxford, P-O-D-O-X, F-O-R-D, at admin, A-D-M-I-N, dot O-X, dot A-C, dot U-K. And we very much look forward to hearing from you in the next few weeks. Thank you.